0: Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. This is the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. Welcome to today's episode. This is going to be a solo episode and I'm going to divide it into two parts. So today's part will be an introduction to meditation, the benefits, the basics of setting it up with clients, as well as some skills on getting started for teaching meditation because I know in my focus groups, thanks to all those who participated, by the way, um, I did learn that some of you are interested in teaching meditation, but just are kind of unsure how to get started. So hopefully this can be just the start for you to give you a little bit of background to get things rolling. And I will end today's episode with a brief mindfulness meditation so you can experience it. And also just know that that meditation, you can use it as your own, practice with it so that you can give it to your clients as well. So let's just dive right in. I thought we'd start first at the very beginning. A very good place to start, right? <laughs> so... What is meditation? You hear that word a lot. One thing I will tell you, it is not, meditation is not trying to clear your mind. I know I have most of my clients that come in and they'll say, oh, I just sat down and tried to meditate, but I couldn't do it. I can't clear my mind. I keep having thoughts. Very common experience. Yes, you have thoughts. You will always have thoughts. Even the most pronoun famous meditators still have thoughts that come up. Of course, I've been doing this for a long time, so going on probably eight years. So I have less thoughts. That's the good news. So if you do get in a daily practice, you will have less thoughts. That's going to help tremendously. So the more you do this, again, it's a practice, so we have to keep it rolling. The more you do it, the less thoughts that come. But I will teach you today of how to teach clients what to do with those thoughts. So that's the difference. But just going back to the initial questions, what is meditation? So it's that focused attention. It's not just sitting there doing nothing. So there is some skills that you can use with this, some different strategies to help you be able to teach clients as well as developing your own practice. So it encourages that heightened state of awareness, really tuning in to what is coming up in the present moment, engaging the present moment, seeing what's there without trying to change anything. Without a desired income, I think that's a common misnomer too, that people want to feel a certain way or have something happen or, geez, did I reach enlightenment (laughs) yet? So, but it is going into it without desired income, just seeing what comes up, that is all, (laughs) right? So we have a couple other ways you can do it too is the concentrative meditation, which I'll get more into that, which is focusing on one thing While tuning out the external world or experience and trying to get to that higher state of being. And I'll talk to you a little bit about that. Or the mindfulness meditation, which is focused more on the present moment. So let's think about this for a moment. So, what is the importance of meditation? Why should we teach this to clients? This is the best part. It is research-based. And I know our ethical guidelines say that we should be using research-based interventions. And of course, meditation has lots and loads of history of research. Just to give you a little bit, we could do a whole episode on the benefits. Here are some of the benefits. So decreased anxiety, stress management, manage symptoms of depression. Of course, it's not going to make depression go away, but it can allow clients to manage the symptoms a little bit better. What I found in my practice is decreased reactivity. It takes a lot more to get me riled up. So even same triggers that used to get me going, it would take a lot more to get me activated in my nervous system. Improve sleep, decreased blood pressure. And that's a test you can always do with meditation too is um, just noticing too even your heart rate. What is your heart rate before meditation? You can check during and after. Increased self-awareness. And for those clients that have ADHD, or if you do, (laughs) it helps with focused attention. There's so many benefits. And research also says, as far as brain-based, that you have more gray matter volume in brains they found in their research. For those that do it for extended periods of time, they did look at people doing it for 20 years, but the benefits can happen, what I've read with research, within two weeks. That's pretty awesome. What does that mean? More gray matter volume in the brain. It's all over the brain too, is what they found. This translates to more positive emotions, which of course we all want that emotional stability and that increased focus in our everyday living. Who doesn't want those benefits, right? So just keeping that in mind, wow, let's think about that. All those benefits for our clients to have really helping them. But how do we do this? So if you are a newbie, which is totally cool, and I'm glad you're here and still listening. It does take some time to get used to this and figure out the best way to teach somebody. Because of course you can do it yourself, but if you've never taught someone, I know it can feel a little unsettling, a little awkward, unstable as you're trying to do this and figure it out. And the first part, is to start your own practice, meditation practice. I'm not going to get into that today because that would be a whole other discussion. That is going to be next week's episode. So that's something that I've developed for myself, the consistent personal practice. Because most people do get into that mode of just doing it. Oh, I'm having a bad day. Let me meditate, which is fine. I'm glad you're meditating. Trust me. I think it's so helpful. But the more consistent, the better the result. So just tune in next week for that. So let's, let's get back to how do we set this up with clients? And let's say you have a client who has a lot of anxiety, have difficulty relaxing, very restless, tense muscles. They really are not totally connected to their body. And we set it up with an invitation. Just like in yoga, we set things up so that clients are invited to do this. They're not required. We can't say we will meditate today. <laughs> So, we have to really make this an invitation. And here's an example for you because I know from hearing from a lot of listeners, like, how do you say this to them? How do you invite them? One way I do that, of course, using your counseling skills. I know you've been struggling a lot with managing your anxiety. I know we've tried some different strategies. Would you be open to learning how to do meditation to help manage your symptoms? Period. Question mark. That's it. So, you don't have to get into long explanations, and they'll either be like, eh, I don't know or no, and then move on. Or you could also, if, if they do say no, can you tell me a little bit more about that? And Maybe they do have, I can't do it, I've tried it. W- would you like to try a different kind? We could just experiment. Using that word experiment, I think is so helpful. We're just experiment. We're just giving it a go and see, just for a few minutes. If they don't, and if they're really set, of course, we don't want to push things on clients. That's okay. Just to honor that, respect that. So let's say they say Yes. So noticing your space. So if you're in person for your sessions, where are you seated as far as you and your client? So you want to make sure that they're comfortable, especially if they're going to close their eyes so that you have enough distance from them because you don't want to be too close to them. Hopefully, if you have enough space to separate from them and just ask them too. I've asked that when I was in physical sessions. Now I'm all virtual, but is this enough space between us? Where would you feel more comfortable? Would you rather sit in another seat? Sit on the floor, lay on the floor. That's a possibility. Now, the goal of meditation is not to go to sleep unless you're actually doing a sleep meditation. The goal is to be seated with a straight spine so that you can have that focused awareness because otherwise you will fall asleep. Not saying I never fall asleep meditation. Sometimes I do if I'm overtired, but that's not the goal. So normal everyday meditation is to be in that awareness space and that's by seated So just allow them to figure out where would I feel most comfortable and settled in this room and just be open. If they want to sit on the floor, that's cool. Or on a cushion, because some people don't want to sit in the chair or maybe they want to sit in your desk chair. So once you get them in their chair, just allow them to get comfortable. Some people like to sit cross-legged, which is fine. Also, you can have them sit with, if like say they're in a chair, office chair, for example, have their feet on the floor and legs not crossed. If they have their feet on the floor, which is helpful. But some people, like I said, whatever works for them. So I'm not going to get too structured with this. They have to be seated with feet on the floor because that may not work for them. So feet on the floor or sit cross legged, spine straight. You can also do some joint rotations. Have them roll their shoulders back, get comfortable, noticing their spine, noticing their body and their breath. Using that grounding to start just that presence of mind and making it trauma-informed. You can say you can close your eyes for this, or if you want to leave your eyes open, looking gently at the floor. Some people, especially those with severe trauma or PTSD, may not be comfortable with keeping their eyes closed. And watch your voice, because one thing you don't want to do is be monotone. Or just, if you're you're using a script, that's cool, but don't just sit there and read it like this. So you want to have some emotion in there, Lots of pauses, watching your pacing and practicing before if you have a guided one. I still use guided ones at times with clients, but I try to really read it before because <laughs> I know sometimes I haven't and then I get to a part and I'm like, oh, I should have read this before because then you're kind of stuck, right? <laughs> or it doesn't sound right as you read it out loud. It sounds different than when you read it in your mind. But using that calm, soothing voice, try to find that soothing voice in practice. Practice with a partner, friend, recording yourself too and play it back because then you can discover, ooh, I don't sound so good here or I'm rushing and you don't want to rush through this. Oh, I'm anxious about teaching my client meditation. I'm just going to go as fast as I can (laughs) because your energy is going to impact their energy. So again, that co-regulation, the more that you can stay calm in this, because of course they might be a little nervous and that is something you can also explore with them on the invitation. How do you feel about that? Does this bring up any anxiety for you? And just work through that a little bit in the initial and just let them know, I'm a little anxious working with this today too, I understand. And especially when I first started meditation so you can share your own experiences. And part of it too is just encouraging them to be present to what is and not having that frame of mind that I have to stop all my thoughts and clear my mind or I have to have some kind of projected outcome. Letting that go. And a lot of it is letting go letting go of how you think it should be, letting go of how your breathing should be and seeing what is. So two types of meditation that I think are helpful in therapy. So the first one, like I mentioned before, is the concentrative meditation. And there's lots of different ways to do this. This is the perfect way to get started if you've never done this before. First one is to use sound. How do we use sound? This could just be music. So I have some spa music, like, you know, the music you listen to, like for a massage, or you can look on Spotify, YouTube for yoga music. that really soothing, calm music that just puts you in a nice, soothing, quiet mood. Just play that. And the only thing you have to say to a client is just listen to the music. That is it. And they can always come back to their sensations and their body if they want, but... Just hear the music, see what comes up. That's the only expectation. If you want to start teaching meditation, focusing on sound is the best way to start. Or it could be just noticing the sounds in the room, noticing the sounds outside of the room. See how the sounds shift and change. I've also used a fan or one of those white noise machines. And I'm sure you could use some of those white noise machines that also have different sounds, like the sound of the ocean if that's soothing, or maybe play some of the sounds, the sounds of crickets. That would drive me crazy, but some people may like that. A thunderstorm, doesn't matter what the sound is, as long as it is soothing to them. And you can start slow when you teach your client. Say, we'll just do a few minutes today, and we can increase it next time, or start five minutes. See where they're at. See where they feel most comfortable. And then breath is another way if you don't want to do sound. You can just tune into the breath. There's lots of ways to focus with the breath. Sometimes it's just following the breath. We don't have to change it. And just start with, just notice where your breath is today. Is it more in your chest or your belly? And see if you can follow your breath as your chest rises on the inhale, falls on the exhale. Notice that rising and falling. Notice your belly, how it rises on the inhale, falls on the exhale. And notice the tip of your nose. Notice the air coming in through the nose and out. And pick one of those areas, either your nose, your chest or your belly, And use that as your anchor to the present moment. And this is what you can be telling clients, by the way. That using one of those as an anchor can be so powerful. Now, this can be uncomfortable for clients who aren't used to this. So just, you can preface that before. That we'll just start with three minutes today of following your breath. And it can be just listening to the sound of your breath on the inhale and exhale. If you don't want to do the anchor, can be just tuning into one part of their body. Even if you don't want to do the belly, it could be the ribs, expanding on the inhale, falling on the exhale. Or if they'd rather count, if their mind is very active and busy, just counting. What is the count breathing in? Does it go to four? And what is the count going out on the exhale? So maybe their inhale, they count to four. Exhale, count to five. So those are just some strategies for using breath as part of concentrative meditation. Another way to anchor and settle the mind, and this is especially true for those with ADHD or really busy monkey mind, is using a mantra. So a mantra can be a short phrase or word just to get them present and to stay with it. Because sometimes using sound or breath is going to be too much or from a trauma-informed lens can be too much. So using a mantra can help keep them engaged in the present moment and give their mind something to do. So one mantra could be, I am love, so hum, which means translated, I am that, which means we are all connected. We are all part of universal energy. Or ask them to pick one. Maybe they have one. And sometimes it can be just a word like love, joy, or peace. And how do we use the mantra? So on the inhale, if it's I am love, it would be I am. On the exhale, love. Or if it's two words, we do so on the inhale. Home on the exhale and just tell them to keep rolling with that. Keep going. And you're going to set a timer. And oh, that's the other piece I forgot to mention. So you can use a timer or use a Tibetan singing bowl to start the meditation session and let them know that you'll gently tap or have a timer at the end. And they'll just hear your voice if if it's too loud of a timer, because of course, it's keeping it trauma informed. We don't want to have loud noises. So keeping with the mantra, and that is it. That's all they do. Just focusing on that, staying with the mantra. And one more concentrated meditation is to have an image. This is how I started with meditation. It really helped me to get focused and just allowed the external world to kind of fade away so I could get back into my internal world. I used to think about the moon at night and try to picture a beautiful scene of a full moon, barely a cloud in the sky seeing the colors, shapes on the moon, keeping that in the forefront of my mind. I encourage clients that they can use any parts of nature. Could be just a sunset or a scene, a mountain, snowy mountain, or a mountain with wildflowers on it, trees in blue, or an object like a candle, thinking about a candle flame, or a flower, It doesn't really matter so much what the image or object is. What does it mean to them? Does that feel like an object that soothes them or calms them? Because of course, you don't want to suggest something that could be triggering for them. That defeats the whole purpose. And if they're not sure what they want to use, just have them sit with it for a moment. So I'm going to have you sit for a moment and just think about what would be a soothing image, an object... Or something in nature that you would like to bring up into your mind. And you phrase it like that. And just give space. Be quiet for a minute. And just show them that you can allow that space for them. And let me know when you're ready when you come up with something. Now, if you have a very anxious client and they struggle... Give some, then give some examples, because what you don't want to do is force them into a certain image or object and getting those people pleasing that they agree with whatever you say. So I hope that helps with some of the concentrative meditation ideas. There's so many ways to do this, but I do recommend trying sound first and moving on to breath and then mantra. So what is mindfulness meditation? That is mostly what I've been trained in. It's focusing on the present moment to all that arises with noticing bodily sensations, any thoughts that come up, feelings. Even if you hear like a dog barking, a lawnmower, noticing that as part of your experience. And a couple ways you can do it. One is by noting. So noting means that Let's say that I'm sitting here, closing my eyes in my meditation position, and I notice my thoughts keep coming. So I will label them with one word. I'll say thinking in my mind. And then as I'm sitting here, what am I going to have for dinner is a thought that comes up. Planning. I'm going to name it planning. And then my stomach grumbles. Hungry. So it's just labeling the different experiences that come up. It could be maybe I'm having back pain, so pain would be a label. Just bring it back to that present moment without judgment. And that's another thing to stay tuned in with min- mindfulness meditation is you want to teach clients not to judge themselves because a lot will get into that habit of, oh, I'm thinking again, Those there's those thoughts. So it's all about noticing the thoughts. There it is. Another thought came up without judgment. And that's really hard to do, especially for people that are used to that self judgment. And I'm not doing this right, or I don't know what I'm doing. Instead, just stepping back, saying, There's a thought. I notice it without judgment. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to teach you how to do that in a second. And another way that you can teach clients that. And again, as I got ready for today's episode, I realized, Holy cow there are so many components to this more than I thought. It's one of those things. I think once you've done something for a long time, when you go to teach it, you're like, wow, I really do know more than I thought with this topic. And sometimes we take for granted what we do know is stepping back for a minute. And you might already know a lot of this anyway, especially if you've tried some meditation on your own and hopefully that can help build some of your confidence. And if not, then developing that private practice first, right at home, so that you can be more comfortable with meditation. Because so I think it would be h- very hard to teach meditation if you've not done it yourself. So again, that will be next week's episode. So mindfulness meditation can be noting; it could be sensing, noticing sensation. Feeling comes up, anxiety. Let me sit with that anxiety. See how that settles. Just being, or. One way I was taught mindfulness meditation is with imagery. So I would like to offer you a meditation today that is a mindfulness meditation. For you to experience this, of course, before you teach it is is the key. So if you're driving, either pull over or pause this and wait till you get home because it does help, I think, with imagery to close your eyes if that feels safe for you. And if you're at home, just see if you can find a quiet spot If you can put headphones on, I think that's helpful. Earbuds, whatever. And just allow yourself to get comfortable. Finding that meditation position that's comfortable for you. You can sit on a cushion or in a chair. Feet on the floor if you'd like or sit cross-legged. You can have your hands on your lap, wherever feels most comfortable. Spine straight. Gently roll your shoulders back. And then allowing them to settle, noticing the shoulder blades down the back body. We're going to take an imaginary journey in your mind. So just notice before we start, your hands, if they're feeling tense or relaxed, notice the air around you, how it feels on your skin. Does it feel warm or cool? Or neutral. We're just tuning in before we start. Notice your breath for a moment. Where are you with your breathing? Do you have deeper breaths or more shallow breaths? Noticing without judgment. Notice what is. And I invite you just to be present to whatever comes up today present to all that is, without trying to change anything. That is the challenge for you. So on this journey, imagine that you're walking through the woods. It's a warm, soothing day. It's not too hot, not too cold. You listen to your feet as they hit the earth in a soft walking stride, not rushing, comfortable pace feeling your arms as they swing back and forth. You feel the breeze on your face, breeze through your hair, feeling the sun warm you, noticing the blue sky above. And as you're walking on this path through the woods, you hear some water. You just keep walking, noticing that it's getting closer to the water, the sounds getting louder. You feel your heartbeat going up a little bit as you're going up a hill. You notice the trees blowing in the wind, sounds of a hawk overhead. You notice the sky again, the clouds just floating by. And eventually you come to a small waterfall to the right. So you veer gently off the path and go to this waterfall. You notice the beautiful water coming down the rocks. The sounds of it. Feeling your feet on the earth connected, supporting you. Smelling the fresh air. You decide to have a seat next to this waterfall. And a thought comes up. Am I doing this meditation right? Just notice that thought. Imagine for a moment that that thought is written on a leaf from one of the trees above. So you notice that thought on that leaf floating on down, leaving the tree. And you watch it as it goes into the stream. Floating on down into the stream all the way down the mountain until you can't see it anymore. And you come back to your breathing. And you stay focused, looking into the water, noticing any fish, any bugs or rocks, seeing the clear mountain water. And another thought comes up for you. And you notice without judgment there's a thought. I'm going to notice, see what it is. And then again, noticing it written on a leaf. Falling from the tree, falling, falling into the water, letting it go. And you go back to your breath. This could happen even a hundred times when you meditate, and just accepting that's okay. Just noticing the thought without judgment, letting it go. And just connect back to your anchor. Maybe you notice your anchor with your breath is in your belly, with the rise and fall of your breath, or in your chest, or maybe through your nose, feeling the air coming in through your nose, and out, staying present with the breath. And you notice any sensations that are coming up for you as you sit by this waterfall. What emotions arise? What other sounds do you hear? Are there any objects around you? Take a look around. And you just feel hypnotized by the power of the water. The soothing sounds. You try to take it all in. Memorizing it, knowing that you can always come back to this space in your mind, this comfortable place, anytime you need to, to take a one minute vacation. And you decide to stand up and come back to the space you're in, walking back down the mountain in peace, tranquility, groundedness. And again, noticing the breeze on your face. The sun shining on you, feeling the earth beneath you as you walk down, and coming back into the space you're in, noticing any sounds in the room you're in, reconnecting, feeling the ground beneath you, supporting you. Tuning into those hands again, noticing if they're clenched or relaxed. Noticing your shoulders. Try to soften your shoulders if they feel tense at all. And when you're ready, gently blinking your eyes open. And notice how you feel. Connecting back. Take a look around your room, noticing your surroundings. What colors do you see? What objects? I hope that was helpful. That's my favorite mindfulness meditation. And of course, one thing that I've done a lot with clients is I will experience a meditation on like Insight Timer, the app, or other meditations through YouTube, and I will learn it but then put my own spin on it to teach clients. To me, that's fun and creative. That's one thing for you to think about too. How can I use this as my own? And I've created some of my own meditations that way, which I think is is really fun and a way to kind of engage yourself a little bit more out of your comfort zone if you're not used to doing that. And just remember, you have a lot to give. You have your own experiences, your own creative brain that you can tap into for this. But if the thought of creating your own... (laughs) It's too much. That's okay too. There are guided scripts available. That's how I started. Actually printing one out or reading it from your computer is totally fine. But again, how you do that is important. I actually did a meditation this morning that was kind of torturous (laughs) to listen to because the person I could tell they were reading, number one, their voice was just very like this and just breathe. That's just not going to connect. And I could tell they were kind of rushing through it. So that's what you don't want to do. You want to make sure that you're engaged, that you really are connecting with it, using a lot of pauses. If you notice, I did that with that meditation. Nice pacing and noticing the time because what you don't want to do is only give yourself, you know, four minutes and it's almost the end of the session. And then you find yourself rushing. That's just going to defeat the whole purpose. Allowing enough space and time in your session without rushing and being present with it. And the more you practice, the more comfortable you'll be. And it goes back again to the personal practice of your own comfort with meditation. Because if you're not comfortable with meditation, you're not ready to teach it. Just keep that in mind as well. I hope this was helpful for you. And like I said, I hope you can tune in next week where I'll be discussing how to create your own personal meditation practice. And I want to thank you so much for being a listener and tuning in today. But I still need your help. I know you probably thought about rating this podcast if you really like it or maybe you just haven't gotten around to it, but can I ask you to do so today? I need lots more reviews to keep this podcast going and to reach more holistic therapists and other therapists who want to learn more about holistic strategies so that we can continue to build this holistic community. The more positive ratings, reviews we get, the more people we can reach. Just keep that in mind. And this again is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Ready to engage with other holistic counselors? Head on over to my Facebook group, the Holistic Counseling and Self-Care Group, where you'll be able to connect with other holistic counselors just like you. You'll also gain invaluable resources on holistic practices daily and connect with others in a fun, drama-free environment. Remember to tune in next Wednesday for another episode.